Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. If people think the country is on the wrong track and are upset, it's usually really bad news for the party in power. The Democrats have a very difficult challenge on their hands when it comes to the midterm. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective from D.C.'s top names. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand for electing a woman, and I think 2022 could be the year of the woman. I see the demand that we have today as the baseline for the future. It means our economy is roaring back. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. I guess everyone's going to make it home for Christmas. Is that the moral of the story? With the smell of jet fumes here in the bubble, Washington is now preparing to head home to Grandma's house. After the news broke today on Bloomberg, the rest of President Biden's economic agenda is being pushed into next year. Now, if you listen to this broadcast, well, you knew that was coming. And now we read on the terminal, Senate Democrats abandoning efforts to pass President Biden's $2 trillion agenda this year. We'll talk about the new reality ahead on Capitol Hill with Nadim El-Shami, former chief of staff to Nancy Pelosi. And later we go to the source, my conversation today with Cecilia Rouse, chair of the White House Council on Economic Advisors on Build Back Better on inflation, on the Federal Reserve, and a lot more. Our panel today, Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Shanzano and Doug High, Republican strategist, former comms director for the RNC. Now, two headlines on the terminal tell you all you need to know about today in your nation's capital. Biden economic bill pushed to 2022, and Biden plots voting rights strategy with Manchin, Democrats. How about this? little meeting on this. It seems you cannot have one without the other. As Congress does a big old pivot here in the final throes of 2021. Listen to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer today speaking with reporters about changing filibuster rules, possibly, maybe, purportedly, to pass a voting rights bill. Here he is. Part of that conversation involves finding ways to restore the Senate so it can once again work as it's supposed to, as it has worked for generations before the gridlock of the past decade or so. These conversations are ongoing. The fight to protect voting rights is far from over in the Senate. Just because Republicans will not join us to defend democracy does not mean that the Democrats will stop fighting. Two days ago, Senator Schumer was still pledging to vote on Build Back Better by Christmas. And even though Bloomberg is now reporting that will not happen, Republicans are still beating the drum on inflation. A couple doors down, here's Senator Lindsey Graham talking with reporters today. 
there are some things that maybe we could find common ground on, but what we're being offered to vote on in the Senate and what they voted on in the House is a complete non-starter, is an inflationary bomb. Inflationary bomb. We'll see if he's offered a chance to vote on that. We don't know. But these are the parting shots, the final throws of rhetoric before lawmakers head home with visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads. I'm quite sure Nadim Elshami remembers what this time of year is like in Congress, everybody trying to get out of town. He started his career in the Senate mailroom and worked his way up to be chief of staff to then House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi. And he's with us now. Nadim, thanks for being here. I'd like to start with the president's social spending plan. We can kind of pick through these. Does it stand a better chance, build back better, a better chance of passing in January than it would have today? It does. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I truly believe that next year, uh, early on, especially after the parliamentarian has gone through the process, after all the members have had a chance, senators have had a chance to read it, after Senator Manchin uh, has seen what's in and what's out, after he continues his negotiations with the White House, um, I believe that it stands a very good chance of passing. And look, you know, time was not uh, was not the Democrats' friends um, uh, at the moment. You had, like you talked about, Christmas yeah. coming around the corner. You've got the New Year, but they've got time to well. tackle voting rights now. How did that How did that happen in the last twenty four hours? Well, I think this is this is an issue they've been talking about for a while. And sure, it is. It comes as no surprise that both. You know, there there are some Democratic senators uh, who are opposed to changing any of the filibuster rules moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to a decision. Will you or won't you? Uh, so no matter how much uh, talking you do, I think that, you know, the, if, if there's no alternative being put on the table, then I think the decision will be will be quick one way or the other. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be pretty quick. Were you surprised to see your, your former boss, now Speaker Nancy Pelosi, walk right up to the line, calling for votes on two separate occasions. President Biden went to the Hill just to press the flesh and try to get this done, and it didn't happen. It seemed like they kept coming close, but never quite had the votes to close the deal. Granted, it got through the House. But this situation, because it was this 3D chess, knowing it had to also pass the Senate, bogged things down, no? Oh, look, it, it did, and, 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 and legislation is like this is, is messy. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no question about it. You know, what's interesting, though, is the process that you went through in the House, right? You know, you, 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 you know you, but you ended up passing, actually, the, 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 the rule first for transportation, and you had some other iterations. So it was like steps that had to be taken, and each time it brought you closer to passing it. Uh, you know, to passing the final bill and, right. and getting it over to, to, to the Senate. So, yes, it is 3D chess. Uh, it is a master class in legislating. It is a if it gets negotiation. Done. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I do believe it gets done because it contains a majority. The reconciliation, if, if you look at it, it, contains a majority of what the Democrats have run on and what the president yeah. has run on as well. I guess the and, part and, that I don't get, though, Nadim, is, and I appreciate your optimism, but what changes about yeah. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema between now and three weeks from now when they come back? Well, some of the decisions that they don't have to make are going to be, you know, that are going to be made by the parliamentarian. Okay, right? so you think I'm a sure few things they don't like get knocked out of the bill, it brings the number down and becomes more attractive? 
Well, not just that though. But then you look at the bill and say, okay, well, this is this is what the bill is. Uh, there are items that I really don't support. Or if yeah. you take a couple of things out, I'm going to, you know, look, senators or members don't really have to negotiate until their backs are at the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that Senator Manchin is going to walk away. I don't believe that Senator Sinema is going to walk away. And I don't believe Senator Sanders or Warren are going to walk away. It's too important um, of, of, a, of a piece of legislation for Democrats. We don't know what the final package is going to look like, but there will be a final package. I could ask you all basically all the same questions about this uh, this potential voting rights bill. As we report, the president discussed changing the filibuster rules to gain traction on voting rights legislation with a group of Democratic allies, as we're calling them, including Senator Joe Manchin, who we understand the, the, the conversations are becoming a bit strained over Build Back Better. Uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar was was in this meeting, apparently a video conference as well with Kamala Harris. Really interesting uh, development here late in the day. But we also have heard from Kirsten Sinema in the last 24 hours, doesn't think it's cool to change the filibuster and thinks that'll bite back Democrats at some point when Republicans are in the majority. She says, you you want national ID laws? That's exactly how they'll do it if we do this. What makes you then think, Nadim, that there's a prayer here? Why would they do this publicly? Well, I think they've been doing it privately and publicly, and then they tried it privately, and then they went publicly and couldn't get the votes in the Senate. I, you, <laughs> I think you remember how many times they've gone through this. Yeah. But like I said, it Similar comes down story. to – Yeah, exactly. And it comes down to a decision. I mean this is, this is not a decision about um, you know, trillions of dollars or, or pr- very complicated tax, this tax provisions. Uh, this is about whether you support changing the rules this one right. time to pass – the Voting Rights Act or not. Um, is cinema onto the, something there, though? I mean, could this not be used? This is this weapon could be used against Democrats, uh, you know, in, in pretty short order if if this is the path they take. Well, you've got you've got to have the House, the Senate and the White House, certainly. And and, mm-hmm. and what's interesting, though, about Democrats is Democrats have always even when Democrats were in the minority. And I remember my days back with. You know, when when uh, when we were in the minority, I mean, we were always happy to come to the table and negotiate. Uh, so I think that's a bit a bit different. Um, and and this this voting rights issue has been around for a while. And I remember in the day when it had 390 votes when it passed the House, yeah. and then we couldn't get re- you know then the Supreme Court <laughs> made a decision we couldn't get it through again. Mm-hmm. So again, it just comes down to everybody has their views. And senators are elected by their states and their voters. They're going to have to make a decision one way or the other. But like I said, I think I think the House, I think the Senate will 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 find out pretty quickly, and and we'll we'll know when they're going to go home. Nadim, what's going on inside uh, Speaker Pelosi's office right now? You're looking at the calendar. We're winding things down. You know, a couple lawmakers have already called cabs to go to the airport. Is this quiet period in the next couple of weeks one that will be used for strategy or, or for, you know, relaxing in personal business? Uh, I think it's a combination of both, but knowing the leadership around the House side, I think on the Senate, they, they're constantly talking and they always check in with members throughout. Right? Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing. When your phone rings, you know, it could be one of the leaders uh, calling to check in on you or the chairman of the committee calling to see right, how you're sure. doing is there any corralling of lawmakers before they leave? Get them in a room and say, look, you guys go home. You're going to get an earful from your constituents because you didn't get it done. And when we come back in January, we expect some action. 
Now, well, the House got it done. I don't know what the Senate's going to do. Fair enough. That's for uh, Chuck Schumer to but, say. But but the infrastructure bill, though, is, is they have been doing events across the country on the infrastructure bill. And, and I've seen a lot of press releases flying back and forth about, you know, so-and-so member announcing, you know, $10 million for this project in, in their district. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's that's something that 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 resonates with with folks back home. Um, understanding that this is the holiday season and people need to relax and sure. need to, 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 to touch base with their, with their families again. And, and, uh, well, Nadim, I hope that you get a chance to do that. I hope you have a great holiday. I'd really love for you to come back in January when everyone's back in town to talk about it. There's something about authenticity on the radio, huh? Nadim El Shami, former chief of staff to then house democratic leader, Nancy Pelosi is now policy director of Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber and Shrek. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Sound On. We'll assemble the panel next. So stay with us. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large-sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. It was said on this very program maybe two weeks ago, Democrats should declare victory right now and go home. With infrastructure and the debt ceiling in the bag, take the victory lap. Would that have been right? That may depend, I guess, on what happens with the voting rights bill if one emerges in the Senate, as we were just discussing with Nadim El-Shami. Let's assemble the panel and see how they feel about it. Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Shanzano, who's been with us for every bounce of this ball, and Doug High is back, Republican strategist, former comms director for the RNC, former deputy chief of staff or former House Majority Leader Eric Cantor, 
Great to have both of you with us. Jeannie, my goodness, every time I talk to you, the agenda has changed, but it's definitely on to 22 now, according to our reporting today at Bloomberg, when it comes to Build Back Better. So I, I, I wonder if you feel any differently today about this, if this is some sort of shell game, as David Weston asked this morning or this afternoon on Balance of Power, knowing you can't get Build Back Better, maybe there's something else we can get your attention with. Enter voting rights in the Senate, Jeannie. That's right. You know, we heard the brakes go on starting late yesterday on the Build Back Better, and mm-hmm. boy, they screeched to a halt today by this morning, and they immediately shifted, as the president indicated yesterday they would, to the Voting Rights Act. But of course, that is not possible unless they are able to get some filibuster reform or rules yeah. reform, and that at this point doesn't seem likely. So, you what know, do you make of this meeting with the president, with Joe Manchin? I mean, would they be meeting if this was another waste of time endeavor that everyone's writing about? Uh, th- they may be meeting. They may feel like they can get Kristen Cinema on board. Joe Manchin, keep him there and get some kind of filler buster reform. But if you listen to what she said, as you were just talking to Nadim about, you know, the last 24 hours, she has said she is not in favor of this. She makes a good point as to why. Yeah. Unless she changes her mind, hard pressed to imagine how they get voting rights passed. And all the Democrats, you know, I think we have to think long and hard about where progressives are on both Build Back Better and the voting rights. They are incredibly frustrated at this point. They said this was going to happen with Manchin, and it did. Boy. Doug, what do you think? Is is Kirsten Cinema correct? They do a carve-out on the filibuster, get this one thing done, and when Republicans are in the majority a year from now or whenever that happens, they use the very same mechanism to go back through their own election reforms, including a national ID law. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded of what Mitch McConnell said to Harry Reid several years ago about the nuclear option. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. It may turn around and bite you faster than you think. And this is potentially where Democrats are. You know, look, they've taken something that was really hard for them to do and have said, let's try something that's even harder. Now, it <laughs> certainly is a bigger priority for their base, and their base has been demoralized so far. So on the politics of this, it may make sense. But if you don't have anything to deliver on this, you run the risk of further depressing a base that is not only not excited, but compared to – if you look at voters who are excited to vote, it's the Trump voters who are really excited right now for the midterms. Democrats have to give their voters something to vote for. Well, Jeannie, if Build Back Better doesn't happen, and I know you haven't thought that was going to be a December story for weeks, but when you actually you know, you hear about it, you read this, it's really moving to next year. It kind of has a different feel. Can they come back, circle the wagons, rebuild this thing at the beginning of January? Democrats, that is. Or is it going to feel more difficult after everyone goes home? You know, it's like in college, you go home, you get back with your own. It feels all weird when you come back and... It just might be a different world by then. I have a freshman in college, so I know exactly you know what about you're this. talking about, Joe, and I remember it well. Um, I, I think it becomes that much harder. And, and, you know, you've always said, and I think this is true, the longer this goes on, the harder it is to get past. And they haven't resolved, as as far as we know yet, all of the challenges here. They've got to still hear from the parliamentarian, the CTC, the SALT, the <laughs> timing on this. You know, the conception, just if, if all of us who know about lawmaking, you're going to pass mm-hmm. a bill this big and a 50-50 Senate. I don't think it gets much easier in the winter or in the spring, if you will. And I think a lot of this depends on factors like 
Are we seeing the end of COVID? Does inflation start to go down? You know, all of those factors still at play. Do interest rates go up three times? And of course, you've got Democrats then running in purple districts for whom very difficult to go home and say they added this much to the debt. So I think it, it's hard in the spring, um, could be done, but I think the price tag would be a bit lower if they Boy. did. The spring, Doug, you know the seasonality on Capitol Hill, especially in an election year, a midterm election year. Is that going to be too late? Is this is this a you know a quick window in January if you're lucky? Yeah, it sure sure is hard to get big big things done. Period in Washington, certainly in election years. Yeah. You know, quite often you'll see the urgency of trying to get things done either before the Christmas break or even uh, before New Year's Eve. I remember walking out of the Capitol. At about 11.59 p.m. uh, on December 31st, 2012, going into 2013. And not to say that Republicans had all their ducks in a row, but they were trying to get things done at the very last minute. Because once you get into January 1, it's a new year, it's an election year, Mm -hmm. and everything becomes that much harder. So that could be a, a pretty interesting scenario here, Jeannie. If if the voting rights bill also runs into trouble, did did the Democrats just open a, a, a whole new can of worms for a midterm election year? Another thing to say that couldn't get through the Senate. That's that's the the fear is that they are setting themselves up to say once again they haven't fulfilled a promise. You've now got the human infrastructure, potentially the Voting Rights Act. Yeah. I think on the flip side, the argument that's being made from progressives is their base has got to be energized. If they feel as they do now that they didn't make any attempt on voting rights, that's going to yeah. be a big problem. Jeannie and Doug with us for the hour. Stay right where you are ahead. We ju- we learned about this very delay, this very breaking headline, if that makes any sense. When I sat down today with Cecilia Rouse, chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors, her reaction on that and what happens to the child tax credit. It's next on Sound On. This is Bloomberg. I sat down earlier today in the Bloomberg Washington Bureau with Cecilia Rouse, For a wide-ranging interview that would have included, on any other day this week, a good deal of time, a good deal of focus on the president's economic agenda, the Build Back Better bill, where we're going in the new year. But sometimes life and, well, journalism is all about timing. Just as we sat down, the headline crossed the terminal. That Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was delaying the Build Back Better bill until 2022, and that is where we began our conversation With a question to the chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors, Cecilia Rouse, about what pushed this into the new year. Well, look, I'm not the president's uh, political advisor, but I will say this. The Build Back Better plan is really important uh, uh, spending bill that it's not stimulus. It's really important investment in our children and our families. Economists agree it's going to be an important component to building economic capacity. So the president has been focused like a laser beam on getting this passed. So, you know, the Senate has to do its work. Mm -hmm. It's a complicated bill. And I have every confidence. I have no reason to doubt that it won't be picked up forthwith in the new year. And that will get the work done to get it passed. Because it really is very important for our economic growth going forward um, and for ensuring that we have the economic capacity to deal with price pressures going forward as well. So you pick up right where you left off in the new year is your plan. That's look, the president has been, you know, had put forward a framework initially and uh, he's focused on these priorities. They're mm-hmm. very important for our, for our country, for our families. They address important costs for families. 
Uh, So, yes, we're focused on getting it passed in the new year. Sure. I know you're not writing legislation here, but I know that you're also very concerned, as many Democrats are, about the child tax credit. Mm -hmm. Last round of checks went out yesterday. We understand there are questions about what happens in January and if this plan is not put in place by then, if there's a plan B, if maybe it's a standalone approach to, to covering any interruption that might come from that. Or are you concerned that it could go away? And I ask you that knowing there could be real economic ramifications there. Well, Treasury has said that if we don't pass it soon, if it wasn't passed this month, Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be able to supply checks next month. And so this is all the more reason why it's important that Congress come back and pass the Build Back Better bill just as soon as they can. We know that the child tax credit has been so important for families with children, helping to get food on the table, uh, pay the rent, make investments in their children. So it's important that we get it passed. And, you know, we have every confidence Congress will do that in the new year. Is that your message to families who may not have as much faith in Congress uh, as you do? We've seen this debate go on for months, and, and this is something that has not been a bipartisan issue. I think the child tax credit has bipartisan support in the main. Like, families know, we know that it reduces child poverty, that it has reduced child hunger. We know that those investments go on to have impacts later in life for these children, that Mm -hmm. these are important investments we make in our kids. Mm -hmm. What I would say to those families is let your voices be heard. If If these checks are important to your family, to your livelihood, let your voices be heard because the president is committed to this piece of the policy. We know just how vital it is to to Americans. uh, And it's important that it be passed in the new year just as soon as possible. It's also been central to the president's uh, plan to lower prices. And this has been a great debate here in Washington about what's causing inflation and the best ways to cure it. The president, of course, the administration has said that this very plan, Build Back Better, will go a long way to doing that. And the child tax credit was part of that. I wonder, after what you heard uh, from uh, Chair uh, Jay Powell yesterday following the Fed meeting, if your view on inflation as an economist is evolving with what we've been seeing here, the, the word transitory was dropped, as we saw in his most recent testimony, codified in the statement yesterday. Do you have a sense of how long lasting this will be? It has been our sense since the beginning that the inflation that we're seeing is due to the mismatch of the pandemic. This pandemic was a catastrophic you know, blow to our economy, to the worldwide economy. It, generation, it generated uh, supply disruptions because our supply chain was highly calibrated yeah. and just any disruption was going was gonna to perturb that system. At the same time, the president was committed to ensuring that people had the, the, the funds to buy food, to, get, to pay their rent, to take care of their families, and that demand has outstripped the capacity of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So it's, in, it's always been our view that this inflation was tied to the pandemic. That's what we always thought of when we thought of the word transitory. If I think a careful read of Chair Powell's statement is he did not change his characterization of inflation, which is we get that it's part of a supply demand disruption. Mm-hmm. But as that works, as the economy knits itself back together, we expect those inflationary pressures to ease. Do you think we'll be having the same conversation, for instance, halfway through next year? I just wonder how much of 2022 will be an inflation story. Well, 
So my crystal ball is not perfect. I understand. But we certainly, you know, outside forecasters yeah. are expecting that inflation at this time next year should be about half of what it is now. And that it will further ease down to the 2% rate that the mm -hmm. Fed targets uh, in the coming years. I've been fascinated when I hear you talk about this and, and the causes behind it, the, the turn from uh, buying goods versus services. Mm -hmm. And you've seen that or at least you see that coming in reverse, that at some point in 22, that will go back to more exactly. services based, less demand for goods. What makes you so sure about that? Well, this was a pandemic that involved like highly contagious virus. Mm -hmm. uh, now we have Omicron. Here we are. Um, and in order to stay safe, we know that we had to isolate ourselves from others. Services often involve face-to-face -face contact. Mm -hmm. And so that is, as people were told to isolate, uh, they really, that took, that took a particular toll on services. In the process, we did provide families with the means to get through this pandemic, and they bought more goods, which have to be transported, mm -hmm. and fewer services. It is our belief that as people get vaccinated, as we work ourselves through this pandemic, that people will feel more comfortable, uh, they will start to re-engage. One of the places where, one of the services that was particularly hit is healthcare services. People not getting the kind of everyday healthcare that they need right. out of fear of the, of the virus. As that re-normalizes, we do expect to see more service consumption. Many thanks to Cecilia Rouse, Chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. I'm Joe Matthew, this is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart that means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Steeple and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Steeple's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Steeple last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Headline on the terminal, Rouse says outside forecasters see inflation receding in 2022. Repeats view, inflation is due to mismatch of pandemic. A newsmaking conversation. 
with the chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. And glad we could bring you that talk here on Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to Sound On, the Thursday edition. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington, and we reassemble the panel. Jeannie is with us, along with Doug High, Republican strategist, former comms director of the RNC. Of course, Jeannie Shanzano with us on a regular basis here as a Bloomberg politics contributor. What do you make of this, Jeannie, inflation as a story potentially hanging over this White House well into next year, something that was called transitory only weeks ago. I thought it was fascinating to hear your discussion with Cecilia Ross because she echoed what I think President Biden said to a certain extent a few days ago, if not a week ago, that we talked about in terms of, you know, this potentially being a blip or a bump. Transitory is another word for that. Yeah. And of course, to sort of, you know, she did to her credit say she can't predict, but experts seeing it, you know, decrease by next year. I think that is politically a problem for the White House because if it doesn't, they have now gone on the record saying something that's not going to happen. And as we've discussed so many times, it almost doesn't matter to the public because they are feeling it now every time they fill up their gas tanks, every time they go to the grocery store. So I think the White House messaging on this, she may be right economically, but politically there's no such thing as transitory or a bump when you're talking about inflation. This is, though, Doug, this is global. Uh, I never heard Tom Keene so surprised at 7 o'clock this morning When the Bank of England hiked interest rates, this is something that's going on around the world, but it has become a massive political issue for Republicans here in the United States. With what we just heard from Cecilia Rouse, is this the campaign issue that you were hoping it would be next year? This will be the number one campaign issue for Republicans, uh, at least for Republicans who are smart about this. And, you know, part of this is, is ultimately, you know, I wouldn't argue that this is Joe Biden's fault, but it's now his responsibility. And so... You know, when we hear things about transitory, which is a Washington word, it's not a word that families use when they're complaining (laughs) about their grocery bills or their used car, new car, rental car, Uber car bills. Right. Um, This is really hitting families hard. And to, you know, make light of it or to make light of supply chain issues essentially tells tells voters that you don't get it. And to Jeannie's point, if this isn't transitory, if this is something that is lingering next summer, um, it's going to be a very, very potent issue for Republicans for, for the next year. Obviously, right now, it is a top concern of voters. And one of those things that Washington doesn't have a lot of good answers for. The thing is, Doug, Republicans are saying that it's it's Joe Biden's fault. If you listen to the rhetoric from Kevin McCarthy uh, and others, Mitch McConnell, the leadership on Capitol Hill, they're pegging food prices, gas prices and the rest on Joe Biden. Is that what we will hear for next year? I think a lot of it, again, it's, it's his responsibility. And, you know, certainly if you're a Republican who's and obviously there was a lot of profligate spending over the last four years, I, w- I would never deny that, sure. that Republicans didn't seem all worked up about. Right. But as they're talking about the previous Build Back Better bill and the next Build Back Better bill, these massive infusions of government spending um, into the economy could further heat things up and certainly provides Republicans with a salient talking point against that. And is part of the reason that we're seeing hesitation um, from some Democrats. Well, that's the funny part about it, though, right? Minorities always find the minority party always finds religion on spending and debt. Uh, It's just the nature of the beast. And then when you become the majority genie, it's either taxes, tax cuts or social spending that 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 creates more debt. 
So are Democrats taking notes here if they if they lose the gavel a year from now? Because this whole conversation can be turned around pretty quickly. It, it absolutely can, and, and they should be. And let's not forget how much the Republicans added to the debt when Donald Trump was in office, and, and they controlled Congress. Yeah, so, as Doug was just referring. Yeah, I mean, everyone's being honest here yeah, for a minute. That's right. That's right. And, you know, for, for Democrats, I think one of the things that I wish I would hear from a communications point more from them is the fact that the thing that they've been focused on, hard infrastructure, which passed in a bipartisan way successfully, is something that while, yes, you have to spend to get there, it increases jobs. It helps the economy. There, you know, there are things in a infrastructure that you don't get in other types of bills that I wish we'd hear the Democrats make more of the success of that, which is why it has been supported in a bipartisan manner. And I'm talking the hard infrastructure, right. not the human. So there is a talking point there for them. They haven't been able to use it. You know, this idea that infrastructure pays for itself is a very real idea. Mm-hmm. Well, just wait till the ads uh, are, are being produced next year. I suspect we'll be hearing a lot about roads and bridges, but the inflation story can cut both ways, right? What if, you know, if you're being blamed for something, you're going to get credit if you fix it. If prices come down the middle of next year, Doug, uh, food prices, energy prices, and I can't imagine why or what those forces would be, but if, say, the supply chain kinks uh, get uh, unraveled a little bit here, maybe there's uh, less less demand because of COVID, it could be a lot of different things that impact the inflation story here. Or maybe, you know, we start coming out of COVID and there's a good story to tell. Can Joe Biden turn that back around and actually take credit for it? Say, look, we got infrastructure done and then we beat inflation. Yeah. Look, look obviously, Republicans will find somewhere, some other avenue to go to be critical of Biden. Uh, but if, he, if this turns around, especially the COVID numbers, and we put COVID finally behind us as we're looking at you know, another wave coming right now, that's something that Biden will be able to to take credit for. And he will need that because just by comparison, um, in 2010 at the RNC, our magic number for Obama was 46. And we felt that if he was at or below that, we'd take back the House. And his numbers ultimately in the last week were 45, 44, right almost there. every poll that we saw. Yeah. Joe Biden's well below that. And if he's well below that, uh, next November will be a bloodbath for Democrats. Well, does that Fall into your view here, Jeannie, is Joe Biden going to be stuck in the 30s in a midterm election year? I mean, these are historically low numbers. They are historically low, except for Donald Trump. Um, It is a very, very tough year for Democrats. You know, you add to all of that, and certainly Doug is right, the presidential's approval rating is critical here, but you add to that the gerrymandering of these districts or the redistricting, if you will, and it's going to be a tough year for Democrats. We've known that from the start, but there are things that could push it in Biden's favor. And just one small one is going to be what the Supreme Court does on this Mississippi abortion bill. You know, you want to talk to David's point earlier today about sort of shifting the focus. One reason Joe Biden won, quite frankly, was people were voting against Donald Trump. You could also see something like that as it pertains to what the Supreme Court potentially does with abortion and others, those kinds of issues, which may get more progressives and Democrats out to the polls in what's otherwise going to be a really tough election year for Democrats. Well, if anything, uh, I'll tell you, this conversation reminds us of how much is up in the air and how much can change in the next year. You know, the old line that it's a lifetime and it it, it really is. Uh, I do want to mention a breaker on the terminal right now. The Senate has confirmed Nick Burns. How about it? As U.S. ambassador to China. There's going to be a lot to say about that and uh, 
just breaking as we speak. I'm glad you mentioned COVID, Doug. We ended the broadcast at this time yesterday with sound of the bells tolling 800 times mm-hmm. on the National Cathedral. My God, what a moment. Uh, and it reminds us that this president started this year by marking 400,000 deaths. We're now at 800,000. As we look ahead into 22, you mentioned this possible surge that we're walking into. It could be another dark tunnel this winter, whether it's Delta or Omicron. How much of a factor can that play in the election? Well, it's certainly one of the things that just hangs over this administration um, that so much is out of their control. And that's, you know, people's willingness to get vaccinated, people's willingness to wear masks. It's a story he was winning on at the beginning of the year. Sure. You know, as we saw when the vaccines first came out, we, we saw the numbers plummet. Um, that's not the case now. And this new variant is, is very scary. It's global, you know, as you mentioned earlier um, about um, inflation. So some of this is out of the president's control, but again, becomes his responsibility. And that's how you write around this stuff, right, Jeannie? We were close to declaring independence from COVID on the 4th of July. And look at us now. What's the messaging here going into the new year? We could see this president and the first lady again at the Lincoln Memorial uh, lighting a lot more candles than they were a year ago. We could. And, and you know, we are seeing, you know, Broadway shows being shut, colleges and universities going online again. These, mm-hmm. you know, hospitalizations up, as you mentioned, 800,000 deaths. Um, these are troubling signs. I don't think they're unexpected from a scientific point of view. Variants are what happens. It's spreading. Um, that's not unexpected. But what is, is the fact that President Biden has hinged his political fortune on this. And people are, when you look at the polls, rightly frustrated that they are not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel in this winter. So the president is going to keep being empathetic, keep pushing for boosters and all those other things for vaccinations. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's going to alleviate some of the pressure people are feeling as a result of having to live with this going into, you know, what year two, two and a half at this point. Jeannie, are your students going back home uh, because of COVID? Or are you staying in the classroom? We are in we are uh, we are in exams, thank goodness, but a lot of those oh. moved online and you look across the country, colleges and universities that are in on campus are going online because right. it's not as serious as potentially in terms of some of these young people, but they have a responsibility. You know, and we businesses as well as we talked about yesterday. So, you know, this is, you know, a very real reaction. I just heard from my son's college they are going to require booster shots now for these young people. So that's where we're going. That's next. where we're going. Show me your booster card. Hey, Doug, real quick, are lawmakers going to go into next week, you think, or they call it quits after the weekend? I'm not smart enough to make that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an honest man. The great panel with Doug High, Republican strategist and Bloomberg politics contributor Jeannie Chanzano with us here on Bloomberg Sound On, as always, the fastest hour in politics. This was the fastest day in politics for some of us. Hey, I'll meet you back here tomorrow. They tell me it'll be Friday. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business. From liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.